There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. In this week's episode, we talk about some unwritten rules in baseball, general news and notes from the Texas Tech Athletic Department, the baseball team as they prepare for the conference tournament and postseason play, and our Going Yard segment. The 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, episode 19. I'm your host, Spencer, joined as always by Michael. Hello, everybody. We have got a couple of subjects to get into. I've uh, got some general news and updates from the entire athletic department, but this one's going to be pretty baseball heavy. Um, Texas Tech finished their regular season at third in the conference, a little lower than what everybody was expecting going into the season. Uh, start the Big 12 Conference tournament on Wednesday, so tomorrow night, or tonight when you start hearing it, if you're listening to it Wednesday. Um, got lots of great questions that we'll get into in our mailbag section. Um, our newly minted uh, yard work segment called Going Yard. Oh, man. I, I can just tell. Everyone is Everybody's most excited. They are really riveted for this. It's everybody's favorite segment. Everyone's favorite. Michael's favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. So I was traveling this week again. Uh, this past week I was in Nashville for a, a conference on riveting topic of internal communications. Oh, so... A lot of what I do at, at my job is I, I communicate with the rest of the organization. That makes sense. Conference was to help be better. I learned. Hopefully we, we will be better. Friday night, though, we had our plans fall through, so Samantha and I go out to eat. We, we actually go to Logan, so not like any kind of um, Nashville exclusive restaurant. Um, we're sitting in the bar area, which I thought was a strange uh, choice for the hostess to sit us in since we had our, our three-year-old son with us, but we were there. Um, they had a bunch of screens up playing some baseball, uh, and of course, one of the TVs had the dreaded Longhorn Network on. Uh, so I was subjected to Texas baseball versus TCU. That is the exact demographic they look for. That's what uh, Longhorn Network and ESPN execs are are salivating over are the people from out of town in Nashville in a Logan's Roadhouse who are forced to watch their channel. I, th- yep. I think they do market research. They do a lot of internal communications <laughs> to to provide that type of service for the weary traveler. Yeah. So other games that were up there were like Auburn, LSU, which was a pretty good game. Ole Miss, Missouri, I think. There uh, were some other SEC games which fit because we were in SEC country. SEC. SEC. Yeah. All of their baseballs kind of, I don't know, it's all right. Yeah. 
Um, so while I was sitting there waiting on food, I looked up and a Mr. Cody Clemens hit a home run Friday night against TCU. Could you say that last name again? I'm not familiar. So I think his dad used to play for the in the MLB at mm. some point. Okay. Clemens. Clemens. Apparently there's two E's. I got corrected about this on Twitter. With a I the thought more there were you three, so um, I, I guess you're better than I am. <laughs> um, but what? So okay, he led the Big Twelve in home runs. So him hitting a home run is not not a spectacular feat. It was not like a towering uh, John McMillan blast <laughs> or a Grant Little blast even. Um, but it was a close game at that point. Clemens, I believe, is a freshman. I have to look it up. I don't really care enough to look that deep into it, although I did look into some stats, which we'll get into in a minute. <laughs> um, and what I saw him do sparked some conversation on Twitter, and actually what we're going to get into first in our intro, one of our questions from Dan was he he broke one of the unwritten rules of baseball as he had a extravagant celebration of a home run. He had a bat flip, and he admired the hit, which is kind of a no-no, um, especially for young guys. That's a, like usually if a young guy does it, the the catcher will kind of inform him on his way back. He say, "Hey, man, you better be looking out for a ball in your ribs in your next at bat because that was kind of a douche move." <laughs> he is a freshman, by the way. Um, okay, so so he hits a home run, um, has a. Not Jose Bautista obnoxious bat flip, but a exaggerated tossing of the bat towards the um, his dugout, and he had a little pause before he started running the bases, which is I think the biggest no-no. Um, the second one, I didn't actually see it live. I heard it, I saw it on Twitter later. It was I think it was a walk-off home run, or at least a, a home run that he hit at the end of that game that helped them secure the win, um, which he broke another piece of this unwritten rule, is that he celebrated his home run the entire time he was running the bases. How did he do that? Um, he he had his horns up, and he was just like rocking them the whole... It was obnoxious. Oh, that's some Little League I mean, stuff. If you, if you know the Clemens family, it, like, it really fit in. So I, I had some, some interesting conversations with Texas fans and then some new age baseball fans telling me that I need to get over it, um, that these unwritten rules of baseball are archaic, and that they're dumb. So <laughs> I wanted to go through uh, like a top 10 list of unwritten rules of baseball and kind of go through it. Michael, did, I don't know if you ever played baseball growing up. I did. I, I, I was a, oh gosh, I don't, I think I was stopped around 12. So yes, but I don't know if that really counts so much. Yeah, so you were just getting into them. It was fun, but you weren't like learning these kind of rules. Oh yeah, we weren't traveling or anything. It was just, oh, they have snow cones afterwards and I, I go stand out in the outfield for a little bit and chew on my glove, and then um, I chew hit a the glove. I hit a pop fly and and uh, get out. Or I was always the yeah. one that was stuck on like uh, 
there's two outs, and then here comes Michael, and somehow I get a easy out. Yeah, well, and I get a full <laughs> count. I'd, I'd always get a full count on the on the two out thing to add it, add to it, and then uh, I'd usually just biff it out somewhere or strike out. So yeah, anyway, I played, but I am not near the the fan or much of uh, an actual baseball player. Yeah, so this so th- these unwritten rules are more geared towards the older. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Crowd, probably um, varsity high school and up. Um, You kind of learn them in like these rules get kind of get installed obviously they're unwritten so they're just kind of like an understanding and i think the biggest thing where a lot of people are are divided are people like myself that um like these rules i I like to see them still in place and like to see them enforced by pitchers because it's basically only only enforcement of these rules is pitchers throwing at batters Mm -hmm. um I like it, and I think it's, like I said, the divide here is between people that learned these rules and these parts of the game by playing them. So I think people that don't like them or oppose unwritten rules either didn't play baseball or didn't play baseball long enough for this to really matter to them. Um, but it's, I think it's fundamentally about respect for the game and respect for the opponent. Um breaking these rules are they're basically all ways of showing disrespect to your opponent except for one of them which I think is more of a superstition we'll, we'll kind of get into that it's, it's actually the first one so I, I've got like a top 10 list we're going to go through real quickly Michael we'll, we'll kind of have you chime in see what you agree what, what, first what you understand what you know about these rules gotcha. if you agree disagree yeah I'll, I'll be the everyman in this situation yeah so number one, don't talk to a pitcher about a no-hitter in progress. So if the guy's out there throwing a no-hitter or a perfect game, it's usually understood. The superstitious side of baseball is like you don't talk to him, you don't bring it up. Um, they actually will typically like isolate the pitcher from the rest of the team. Like he'll be at one end of the bench, and the other players will like be crammed on the other side to give him space. Whatever. I superstitious. I I, I get that part. Not like respect for the game, but. I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. That one, I, okay. I I knew that one. I appreciate it. No issues with it. It's kind of just a a jinx type deal. You don't want to jinx yeah, it. 
it's it's discouraged even on Twitter. It's discouraged uh, mm-hmm. uh, in broadcasting. It's discouraged anywhere to even mention it. So I, I kind of knew that one going in. That one makes sense. I'm all about jinxing things because I'm the guy that will that will say something during a football game and then uh, you know we will have scored on three consecutive drives. I was like, man, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll just keep doing that all game and then yeah, then we get shut out the rest of it. So that type of <laughs> that type of thing lingers with me. I'm on board. So I I, I have the uncanny ability of seeing a a big play developing and I'll say, ooh touchdown he's gonna score and then for that guy to immediately get tackled out of nowhere <laughs> or he'll trip himself up and he'll fall i'm um, like touchdown and then he falls I'm like oh, crap you just need the you, you just need the wider angle lens so you can see the yeah. guy that tackled him out of the corner right so okay so this rule i guess is more about respecting your own teammate and not bringing up that mental uh i don't know that mental aspect of it. The rest of these nine are respecting the like respecting and enforcing these kind of rules with the other team. So number two, don't steal or bunt when the game is out of hand. And what I've what I typically see as quote out of hand is four or more runs. So sorry, it's probably five or more runs. I think the general like if you can say that you can tie the game with one swing of the bat, so if there's a possibility for a grand slam, so if you're within four runs, that's not really out of hand. You can you can accomplish that quickly. Five runs or more, you're like, well, that's going to take a lot of effort. So don't steal or bunt if the game, if either you are up by five or down by five. Okay, I can totally see the up by five, but the down by five, you know, if it's bottom of the ninth, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking you want to advance guys on the bag as much as you possibly can if you're down at home. I even think Tech did something similar against, uh, gosh, who was it? They played really they played really bad baseball against them. Was it? Was it Texas? Uh, I think it was Texas, actually, yeah. But, but they may not have been down that much. I think they're only down a couple. So, yeah, okay, well, then, then your rule still applies. All right, I... All right. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. So, what if there? What if the it's like? Here, what if it's like no outs? Does this? Does the rule still apply? Or you know, once you get to one or yeah. two outs, can you? Then it definitely. You better back off running the bases and stuff because then that's just kind of a silly thing to do. So, on both sides of this, like if you're up by four, if you're up by five or more, and you're stealing or bunting, it looks like you're trying to pile on. Yeah, you're, no, you're I get that. To like manufacture more runs. Uh, if you're down by five, the other team is usually adhering to the we're not going to run it up, we're not going to, you know, rub it in. So they're probably easing off a little bit. But if you aren't also easing off, then it looks like you're not done. And then the, the other team, the better team, the one that's winning, will just come back and just pour it on. So it's more like the the team that's up by five will then will typically, like, take their foot off the gas and kind of coast. Um, and, and this is usually, it's usually more towards like the latter third of the game. So like seven, eight, nine in the inning. So okay. So that's their eighth, ninth inning. Yeah. It's not like first inning you're up by five. It, it, Game's over. Eight. No, yeah. it's, it's yeah. usually towards the end of the game. Um, I'm going to skip three 
but we'll, we'll come back to it. Number four, we've kind of already talked about it. Don't air quote pimp or admire a home run, which is look at like the extended look where you're just kind of like in the batter's box watching it. Do some kind of outrageous or excessive bat flip. Celebrate around the bases a la Cody Clemens or anything else where you're just being obnoxious. Are there any exceptions to this? Because I think like if you hit a walk-off Grand Slam to win the game, I would... I don't know what I would do, but I imagine celebrating around the bases would would be part of it. And and what what about the, what's so disrespectful about the bat flip? I've just got to know this. Is it just is it it's, just the it's part of the celebration? It's just, but it seems like there's like a gray area where is, is it if they just toss the bat over, but they don't toss it in a way to where it flips end over end. That's okay. But the, the you, key so is I, to toss it, like to grab it, like you're throwing, I don't know, like a newspaper. I don't know. You throw a newspaper end over end, don't you? Yeah, I've seen Dennis. I, I've, the never, I've never thrown a, a newspaper. Okay. Did you see the Jose Bautista bat flip? No, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look it up while you're talking about it. Okay, so this was in the American League Division Series. Um, game five against the Rangers. The game was tied. It was like 3-3 whatever in like the seventh. He hits a three-run home run. I'll let you pull up the video. For those that haven't Watch seen that. it, you should go look at it too. Oh, he's, he stopped and stared at it too. And then he like, he chunked the bat. Okay. They haven't shown... Okay, so here we go. Usually bat flips and like extended looks are like on a replay where oh. they don't look at the ball. That was really disrespectful. <laughs> well, he didn't flip the bat, though. He just he okay, just well, it. It didn't flip end over end. He just threw it with his it's left It's not hand. like about it going end over end. But he was just standing about it. there. He was standing there like a pro wrestler. Like he was, like he was about to do some sort of, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he was about to do something. He was just standing there stock still. I think he stared the ball down, and then he stared down the pitcher for a little bit, and then he chunked his bat. Yeah, that was disrespectful. Oh, man. So I got like a I kick said, out of that, of these... though. Oh, I would love to hate that if I'd have been watching that live. <laughs> so, of course, that happened against the Rangers one of their last uh, relevant years. Uh, and, you know, they went on to lose the ALDS that year. Um. Anyways, bat flip disrespectful. You're you're showing up your the your opponent the pitcher usually, um, which is, you know, another one of these rules. It, it ties into that one. It's just, it's disrespectful. Okay. All right. I <laughs> I guess I, I I can get it, but man. It's almost and like celebrating. It's almost like celebrating a, a touchdown. I, well, but that's different, though. Yeah, because that's it's not. It's sport. not personal. It's not like it's just because baseball's this would be about like, you, like a taunting you, pin. Like if you were to, yeah. to catch a ball and like spike it on the dude that you like. Okay, you're the receiver. You beat the cornerback, or he falls in the end zone, whatever. You catch it and then you spike it like on his face mask. Yeah, as you stand over him. That's a bat flip. Okay, all right. 
this all this video i'm sorry i'm, I'm distracted because the video just auto played into the best backflips ever and there were a couple from odor just to start it <laughs> and now we're at we're at number 14 jordy mercer with the pirates who i don't know <laughs> these have all been pretty there's good. actually one there's a there's a bat flip if you haven't seen there's a there's a japanese league player japanese crazy bat flip there's like three or four rangers on this on this by the way i don't want to hear it <laughs> okay but just because my 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 team does it doesn't mean it's uh something i accept okay okay so there's um if you haven't seen it there's a there's a player in the Japanese league that has a ridiculous bat flip. And I'm going to try to find it to you. I don't know how he does it. It like defies physics and gravity. So he like he's a right-handed batter. He swings and hits it. I don't know. I'm trying to find it and show it to you. Okay. There was a good one. Um this is this great is great podcast. podcast. Yeah, y'all fix, picture all this. Y'all, you're probably on a device of some sort. Just pull over to the next Send rest the stop. Link, Michael. And it is at 20... Let me see. Oh, okay. I was just watching that one. Or I, I was starting that one. Okay. So this is... 20 seconds. Radio yeah. Broadcasting. Yeah. 27 seconds. This is why we get paid the big bucks. Okay, 27 seconds in. KBO bat flip collection. That's what you need to look up. Oh, he's a, he's a portly fellow, too. Yeah, he's a big dude. <laughs> I don't know how he did that either. That's like a circus trick. It is. It, it's impressive. Now, so that's it's behind his back and he flips it. He flips it from yeah. behind his back, guys. To the, he's a he's a right-handed batter. He takes it, and while the the bat is behind him after his swing, he flips it to his back left. towards yeah. So it's KBO bat flip collection. You said twenty seven seconds. It's a big dude. He yeah. hits a home run. It's a big dude. You can't miss him. Okay, that okay. was good. That I don't know, man. I I agree. It's disrespectful. There's no arguing that, but. It is kind of fun to watch. <laughs> okay. All right. Next one. Next one. We're good. All right. So, kind of out of order here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna move it around. Is you don't show up the umpire or teammates. So, um, or really the the, the other team. So don't show in that like if you disagree with a call, that's fine. You can talk to the umpire. You can even yell at them. But like most. A lot of those conversations are had between the batter and the umpire with the batter not even looking at the umpire. He's in the box. He's talking to him. It, it, it looks kind of disrespectful mm-hmm. as he's not, like, addressing him face-to-face. But it's also not it's not drawing any attention to their interaction. Um, and then not showing up, up a teammate. So, like, if you're the pitcher and you, you give up a, a fly ball or whatever and the third baseman's out there, and he drops it. You don't, like, throw your hands up like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, you suck. Yeah. yeah. Okay, those make sense. That, that's just kind of okay. good practice in general. I'm, I'm good with those. Um, don't stare down a batter after you strike him out from the pitcher standpoint. So, like, you strike him out, and then you just, like, 
it, it, same concept. You're not trying to sh- show them up or anything like that. You don't stare. I'm just like you hit a home run. You don't stare at the pitcher. You don't stare at the ball. You just you start your trot. I think you should also also. There's a little bit of a rule about how fast you're expected to run on a home run. Like you're not expected to sprint. But if you're like doing this little lazy jog, you're gonna get you're gonna hear from it. You're gonna hear about it. Well, I I think the okay, I can get on board not staring down a batter after you strike him out, unless they pulled that bat flip BS on you a time or two yes. before and you struck him out, and then you can just stare him. You could stare him down all the way back <laughs> to their dugout. Counterpoint to that though is a rule that we skipped, which we'll go back to. The way that these these rules are, are typically self-policed is if a batter does that, the next time he comes up, he's going to get hit. I love this. I'm all on board with this. This is I'm, I'm kind I am of a too. Vind- I, I'm kind I, of a vindictive person, and this is uh, <laughs> this this appeals to me greatly. Which, like I said, this is this is the aspect of how these are policed without getting the the umpires involved in like warnings and ejections, which. If you start getting to the point where you're, you're hitting batters intentionally, there will be a, there will probably be an ejection. But so you have a, a Jose Bautista, and he he does that, which you saw in 2016, the year after this, the Rangers just like they hit him a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, that the play that instigated the big fight between him and Odor, where he was punched, he was on first because he had been he had been hit by a pitcher. Okay. So he was on first. The batter behind him hits a ground ball. It th- it's the thrown to Odor at second to get him out, and um, Bautista slides in hard w- w- with his cleats up, which is another rule on this list, to take him out. And then, you know, Odor, being a little fiery dude that he is, hauled off and fellow a massive right fellow hook. bat flipper himself. <laughs> yeah, he he's kind of he's obnoxious. I'm not saying he's not, but. <laughs> Um, okay, so another rule, don't step on the pitcher's mound. This was a big deal that came up a couple years ago, a a few years ago, where Alex Rodriguez, he was, you know, ground out. He he was put out at first, running back across the diamond to the, uh, the dugout. He walked over, he jogged over the pitcher's mound, and Dallas Braden was the pitcher at the time. Ripped into him, and it made, like, national news. Like they like basically started the fight because he walked on on the pitcher's mound and he was kind of um, described as this the this is the pitcher's area this is my this is my my realm it's my property. That seem that one seems a little silly. That one seems a little. I, I guess I, I understand it, but um, uh, I don't know. There's, it's just not going to come up very often. There's not a lot of time for anyone else no, to be not, jogging but... across it. But uh, I, th- I probably did that all the time when I was playing baseball. I had no idea. Because I played outfield all the time. So I probably was like, ooh, this is fun. I'm going to run well, across you, the pitch. It's typically, <laughs> it's typically only an issue if the pitcher is still on. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. On the mountain. Kind of a so. king of the mountain deal. Yeah. So... Number eight, don't bunt to break up a no-hitter. Oh, yeah. Totally on board. That seems like a total, total douche thing to do. Yeah. If you're going to break up a no-hitter, do it like legitimately. The only way I can see this as possibly being accepted 
is if it's a guy that bunts for base hits a lot. So like you got to get a guy like Gabe Holt who's really fast who bunts and gets on like you know is safe at first a lot mm-hmm. after doing this that's part of his game. I that's understandable. But like say a no-hitter's coming up and you have a Joey Gallo and they have this huge um shift on like there's basically nobody on the left side of the infield and he bunts it down like to third base which he never does just to break up a no hitter <laughs> that's a douche move i'm not saying he's done that i'm just that's an example because i know they teams put ridiculous shifts on against gallo because he doesn't ever hit the opposite way he always pulls it to right field no that one makes sense Okay. Uh, rule number nine kind of ties into rule number two. Don't run up the score in a blowout. So Works for most yep. sports. And then don't slide hard into second with your cleats up. So you're supposed to slide head first into second? No. like You, you can slide feet first into second. T- typically this is going to happen when the defense is trying to turn a double play. Oh, yeah. You slide hard into second, which is fine to disrupt either the second baseman or the shortstop, making the throw back to first to get the second out. Um, that's fine. Making contact with that guy is, is fine. It's part of the game. Like, you've got two guys running at each other. The issue is when you put your feet up into the air with the intention of hitting the defensive player okay. with your cleats. Okay, okay. When, when you said cleats up, I thought I interpreted that as cleats out. And I thought, well, there's no way to there's no way to avoid that if you're going to slide feet first. Your cleats are going to be out. But I see what you're saying. Like you've got your feet, your feet aren't on the ground. They're up in the air, and you're trying to disrupt. And yeah. well, shoot, that just seems like a bad idea for the base runner too, because you could hurt yourself. I would imagine a mm-hmm. lot easier, and um, especially after the second baseman got a hold of you, or the shortstop, whoever it is, making the play. <clears throat> And then you get a vicious right hook that knocks off your helmet and your sunglasses. Yeah, that could happen. <laughs> All right, so back to Dan's question. Bat flip celebration, love it or hate it? I hate it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure, Dan. I think I kind of like it. But, but I think it's It's, it's, it's totally, entertaining. Yeah, it's totally entertaining, but it's just like Spencer said. It, I mean, I my, um, my baseball career ended at about 12 years old, and my, as y'all have probably learned... Listening to this podcast, my baseball knowledge is very, very minute, and uh, so I don't know these nuances of the game very well. But man, just watching a bat flip, gosh, it would make me so mad. It would make me so mad as a fan. It'd be one of those things I'd love to hate, and uh, it would be one of those things that when my teammate did it, I'd probably, I would, I would turn right around, and if I had such a stance on bat flips, I'd be like, yeah. Well, it's cool when we do it because y'all do it. You know, I, I think I would be that guy that would be really obnoxious about it. So I don't know. It, <laughs> I, I kind of like it. So the exception to the bat flip for me would be in a walk-off situation in a meaningful game. So okay. not like, okay, it's June 2nd and you hit a walk-off home run. Big deal. If it's October, the situation where Bautista bat like did his bat flip, I'm 
like if it wasn't as obnoxious as it was, and if it wasn't against Texas, I probably would have been okay with that one. That was a pretty but solid one. Scenario. Like he did, he did two things. He hit it, stood there for a solid second, looked at it, and then threw his bat into the stands. Yeah. <laughs> the the one the one other plus side on that is the fact that he he did it at Toronto. So it was a yeah, home it's not game. something you usually do on the road. Yeah. I, I would imagine it's even more disrespectful on the road. We didn't we didn't go through that, but if someone does that on the road, I think that's really asking for some trouble. If you're doing it on the road, you're you're probably going to like start a fight. Yeah, there's like, good you're like going to get beers thrown on you. Right you're going to get all sorts of stuff. The, the fans so it, will it be interesting involved. research for this today. I, I watched several of these like bat flip um, videos that ended up starting fights. One of the ones my favorite was um, I can't remember who the batter was. It was in Pittsburgh, I believe. I, I, I can't remember. Basically, the catcher came out and stood between third and home plate and didn't let the 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 runner the hitter score and they just like got into a big fight the batter was carlos gomez i think plays with the astros now he's a major douche too just like <laughs> cody clemens there, there, there were actual several bat flip home run celebration fights started by carlos gomez this was so it wasn't philadelphia it was he was with the brewers at the time Yeah, there's a couple of uh, I looked up Gar- Carlos Gomez bat flip, and there's there's a few videos that pop up on, on the YouTube. So he must be a serial bat flipper. Yeah. So if if you do like if you do a Google search and you just hit Gomez bat flip, it should be the first one that comes up. The bench is clear after Carlos Gomez's homer. Yep, that's it. That's the one I'm watching. Where he's right in now. the face, of the of the, catcher. <laughs> and the first the first baseman's giving him the business too as he's running around. Oh, and this is an empty stadium. Yeah, I liked that. This is an empty stadium. It was like it was the the Indians and the Brewers, man. These are awful teams. <laughs> yeah, the catcher won't let him get to home. Oh man. See, this and, is and good. If you have the audio on in that video, like you can hear him grunt when he hits it. You're like, dude, that's a little like he's like, Ugh <laughs> Like, alright, dude. <laughs> man, so this isn't fun to watch. Oh, it's so disrespectful. Can't can't argue with that at all. But man, that bat flip, gosh, that it does it does have a uh, it gives a strong visceral reaction from me. So that means it definitely is disrespectful. <laughs> totally, I so, totally okay, get that. One more thing before we before we wrap up this. Yeah, because we've been like half an hour talking about. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a group of baseball fans. I, I would I would say that they're newer baseball fans or ones that are trying to spice up the sport that says we need more celebration we need more life um that are okay with the bat flips and the the admiring the home runs and the celebrating around the bases um i i just don't get it. i i think those batters need to be hit <laughs> um yeah bat flip at th- your own this risk is, man like you're talking about wanting more more excitement more more intrigue in the game i is it not interesting? Okay, what's more interesting to see the guy celebrate, or to see if the pitcher is going to bean him his next at bat and start a fight? Yeah. Well, the. Yeah, I guess the pitcher, the pitcher thing is pretty good because that's that's some 
added tension to an already pretty stressful situation. Yeah. Anyways, okay, let's move on. Let's do. Let's get to our our Texas Tech athletic department general news and notes. Um, I am gonna confess I ripped this off from Seth and the morning steak yesterday, I believe. Um, there's just so much to to, to cover. Um, not football or baseball related, uh, exclusively or specifically, that we just can't gloss over. So for the Texas Tech men's track team, um, Divine Oduduru, I hope I'm saying his name right, was named the male performer of the year. And then the coach, Wes Kitley, was named the men's coach of the year for the Big 12. So the track teams have been phenomenal recently. Uh, they definitely deserve the recognition. Um, beyond that, specifically, I, I, I don't know everything about it. I'm not a, I don't follow the track team. I just know that they were really close to winning some major, major hardware this year and all the recognition should be heaped on them. Yeah. I I think they had a lot of, uh, a lot of success, especially on the indoor, uh, the indoor circuit. Um, you know, Culver was, was excellent with the high jump again. I, 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 like you, man, I fully admit hadn't kept up with it explicitly or very, uh, very closely detailed. But man, um, they ended up getting the Big 12 Outdoor Championship with um, women's. Ended up in sixth place, which is probably uh, not indicative of how well they performed for the year. But the men did win, and uh, they ended up in first place on the Big 12 Outdoor Championship. So a lot of good track running this year and uh happy to see happy to see our guy get uh male performer of the year yep for those that uh can reminisce about their the glory days of attending school graduation was this past weekend our own michael labar graduated with his undergraduate degree where you congrats. go mike congrats to all the, the graduates um I don't remember specific. I think it was forty or forty-one athletes from Texas Tech graduated this weekend. We're gonna go really quickly through this list because it's pretty long. Baseball had Connor Beck and Cameron Warren. Men's basketball had Justin Gray, Keenan Evans, Naeem Stevenson, Naren Sodiase, Tommy Hamilton the fourth, and Zach Smith. Women's basketball: Dio Olabode. 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 I'm not sure. Sounds good. Say Caldwell. Football, um, oft-forgotten, gray shirt, <laughs> Joseph Clark. Michael and I had a discussion about this before we started. This was a guy that came on in the 2014 recruiting class, was gray-shirted. I don't think he ever ended up playing for the team, but Tech still honored his, his scholarship offer. He graduated. Congrats. Other football players, Justin Murphy and Kyle Heffron. Men's golf, Hurley Long and Wes Artak. Women's golf, Gabby Barker people, which is a great name. Agreed. <laughs> Soccer, Haley Fancher. Softball, Allison Knopp, Kamari Washington, Kaylee Strickland. Men's golf, Jolan Caillou. Men's tennis. Men's tennis, right. What did I say? Golf? Golf. Sorry. Women's tennis, Gabriella Talaba, Caitlin Jackson, Lynn Kiro, Sabrina Federici. 
women's track and field, Bailey Blunt, Hattie Schunk, Kaylee Amershek, Lauren Younger, Taylor Jameson. Men's track and field, Clark Blunt, Colton Gale, Dorian Williams, Ebenezer Wandaferu, which is another great name. Agreed. Hunter Hopkins, Jack Robb, Kyle Collins, Stephen Champlin, Todd Mickey, and volleyball, Audrey Frenier. Congrats. Congratulations, yeah. Congrats to All the uh, student-athletes that graduated. The fellow alumni who hopefully don't have a lot of loans to pay back. Um, hope, yeah, hope not. <laughs> I would assume they, would, they probably had a little less than us, but they more than earned it. So hopefully they'll uh, get started on the right foot. And uh, I, I just wanted to let you know, too, Spencer, that Cody Clemens' major is corporate communications, so maybe you guys will cross paths someday. There's no way he's going to go into that professional field. He doesn't have the the mental fortitude or the the aptitude. <laughs> man, now you're just now you're just attacking the man's the man's mind. He can just deal. All right, women's tennis team made it to the elite eight this year, just like the men's basketball team. Unfortunately, their season ended against Duke. Um, the Red Raiders tennis team, the, the women's tennis team, finished at 23-7 and seven and made it to the Elite Eight for the second year in a row. Way to go, women's tennis. Reckham tennis team. The softball team was in the NISC tournament, which I think was the, like, if you're going to like make the equivalent to basketball, was the NIT. I think it's still a, it's a national invitational tournament. Um... So their season ended recently, but congrats on a, a great season, making it to postseason play. And then I don't know if I believe this happened between our recordings. This is a note that Michael added, but Matt Mooney uh, declared he is, his intentions to transfer to Texas Tech. Um, he was at, remind me of the school again? Uh, one of the, no, he was in Chicago. Chicago? He's from Chicago. I think he was at like South Dakota. Yeah, I was about to say one of the Dakotas, yeah. and then I thought, no, but Beard was visiting him in Chicago, so now I was confused. Yeah, so he's from Chicago, and I think he was he was down to like Tech and Northwestern, which is in Chicago, or right outside of Chicago. Yeah, and, and I think all that Sorry. happened probably right after we recorded uh, like the our next last morning. one. <laughs> yeah, I think it was very close to that. So it, it was a while back, but it's definitely worth addressing. Uh, a lot of the guys are... Pretty pumped about him coming in. I know Dan's uh, excited about him and feels like he'll be able to fill. And I think Seth too. Both talked about him filling the the spaces where Keenan Evans will kind of left off a little bit, being able to drive and score mm-hmm. during games. But and, definitely on the um, offensive um, scoring side of that. Right, and he averaged eighteen point seven points a game. I'm getting all this from Seth's post. Uh, shooting 45% from the floor. Which is ridiculous. 35%. Yes, it is. 35% from three-point line, 83% from free throw line. So uh, I think he's definitely going to see some playing time immediately. And uh, it's it's a great get for uh, the basketball team. And I know that Beard just tweeted today that he was up there hanging out with them. So... Yeah, he, he's, uh, way he's to go, Beard, recently. on uh, maintaining some relationships. Yeah, but so he's been tweeting recently about some of his trips around the country, um, visiting Kayvon Moore and Tariq Owens, which are other mm-hmm. newcomers for this upcoming year, along with Matt Mooney. 
looks like uh, Seth noted that Tech should have one more scholarship available, so probably looking to add one more player. Um, I have to talk to Dan to see like where they'd be looking. From what I heard, it's more like a best available. You just take what's available since you've kind of filled. You've got a score. You've got a young um, kind of rangy 3-4-5 guy or 3-4 guy, and then you got a, a, a big and Tariko, and so you just kind of take best available out there and supplement your team wherever you can. Any other thoughts on general before we hop back into baseball? <laughs> no, that was, I mean... It's quick and dirty, uh, I'm sorry. We, but... just, we, we had two weeks to get through, and a lot happened in those two weeks, so uh, I think we're good. Yeah. So two more segments on this this week's show, baseball and then... Like I said, everybody's favorite, Going Yard. <laughs> the chronicles of growing a, a, a fescue lawn in Lubbock, Texas. All right. From scratch. Yeah. Baseball team. They finish up their conference schedule, their regular season schedule, on the road in Stillwater. Um, at the time, Oklahoma State was number one in the conference. They needed to win one game to clinch at least a share of the title. Texas was number two in the conference, needed to sweep TCU to clinch at least a share of the title. Texas swept TCU. Texas Tech swept Oklahoma State, giving Texas the sole possession of number one in the conference. You're welcome, Texas. The only thank you we got was from Chip Chirp Brown and from... uh, one of our listeners, Kyle Lang's wife, who is a UT alumna, who was kind of sarcastic. Yes. She's like, well, I guess thank you. <laughs> it's like, I'll take it. Yeah, that was a, I know. Well, and that's that's the appropriate response. Like, okay, fine. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Thank you, I guess. It's not that Whatever. Texas could have gotten the you know first place on their own. Like, if they had, like, them sweeping TCU. No, they would have, at most, they would have gotten a share of it. Yeah, like, yeah, on their own. Sweeping TCU only put them in the position to share or win it outright. They needed help from but Tech. But they did They did take care of business, though. Yeah, so I, I can kind of see their, you know, they, they came in knowing they had to sweep TCU to even have a chance at it, and they did. So that's where I can totally get behind the uh, thank you, I guess, whatever. Yeah, it was more of a, it was more <laughs> of a troll for, the, for Texas fans. This was after yeah, the... Which, uh, it's a right conversation. It was a good troll. Yeah, it was a it was a safe troll. It was a a soft soft troll. So Texas takes first place in the regular season. Oklahoma State second. Texas Tech third. Oklahoma fourth. Baylor fifth. TCU sixth. West Virginia seven. Kansas eight. Not last place in something. Way to go, Kansas! Yay, Kansas! Basketball. Kansas State was ninth. Kansas State was awful this year. They were not good, but they they beat us, didn't they? No, no, no. no it was Kansas that beat us. It was Kansas yeah, I was that say, beat Kansas us. Kansas State was the weekend of the spring. No, game. that was like the seventy, was the yeah, 76 year, seventy six runs. Yeah. yeah, got them confused. Looking at um, just some interesting numbers overall from around the conference. So, Texas Tech in conference play was fifteen and nine. It's still kind of hard to believe that they lost nine conference games this year. You know, you lost two to Baylor, lost two to Texas. 
you just you lost way too many. I just I want to get into that. <laughs> but you won like thirty six games or thirty eight. Yeah, thirty eight games. You won more games than anybody else in the conference because your out of conference schedule was better. It was stronger than anybody else's. Your out of your your total win percentage was seven seven seventeen. Yes. Um, and then your your conference winner Texas was six seventy three. So you beat them by forty points. I don't know. I, I thought that was it was interesting. Maybe not. <laughs> All right. So one of the the big baseball publications, D1 Baseball, uh, w- one of the ones that gives out like all the rankings and tracks RPI and that kind of stuff. After the sweep in Stillwater, moved Tech back up in their projections to be a number eight national seed, which means if they were to make it to a, re- a super regional, they would be guaranteed to host, which is big. Um, yes. You still need to not lose the first two games and be eliminated <laughs> on Thursday in the Big 12 tournament to kind of solidify that. Um, and then, you know, make sure everybody else around the country just kind of holds par. Speaking of the Big 12 conference tournament, that starts tomorrow. I think we mentioned that. Texas Tech is scheduled for game four of Wednesday, which means they won't start at 730. The three games before then will go late. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. 7.30 is optimistic. Um, but Tech will face TCU, scheduled for 7.30. Um, on Tech's side of the bracket, you've got Oklahoma State as the two seed, Tech as the three seed, TCU as the six seed, and West Virginia as the seven seed. I did a little bit of research and looked into like the team's past ten games. Um and you know your two seed Oklahoma State over the past ten has gone two and eight, so definitely not riding a momentum momentous wave. <laughs> Tech is at six and four. Obviously, those last three games were wins. TCU also at six and four. West Virginia at four and six. Um, I think every other team in the conference. And these past ten games had like a weekend non-conference series, except for Tech, or except for Tech, or very few. So some of these are inflated because they had a, a cupcake in their past ten games. Um, on the other side of the bracket, you've got the number one seed Texas. Their past ten was seven and three. The only, yeah, sorry. Then four seed Oklahoma, six and four. Five seed Baylor, eight and two. They probably had their best, but they also had. Like a uh, UTSA and Lamar, I think. Oh, okay. So I, I think four of those games were non-conference cupcakes, and then the eight seed Kansas at six and four. So I actually wrote the bracket out. I drew it out so I could help understand, like better understand it. Um, if you don't lose a game in the tournament, you could win it in just four games. You would play Wednesday. Thursday, you'd be off on Friday. You'd play your bracket championship game on Saturday. So imagine these. So the, the Texas, no, sorry, the Big 12 tournament is set up like two regionals. It's a double elimination tournament where you're like in two 14 pods. So yeah, I've I've 
I've got it pulled up. I'm still not quite fully. The, the way the website has it listed out, like it's like game one is you know Texas and uh, Kansas, whatever. No, it's but yeah, like, yeah. Once you get past day one, it's like game five winner is game. the game one winner versus game three winner or whatever. It's just, it's really difficult to follow. But like I said, you could win the game, win the conference tournament in four games if you don't lose. If you were to lose um, either Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you would have to win. You'd have to play six games and win five of them to win the conference tournament. Um, and I think the only way you could play fewer than six games is if you only lost on Saturday, but you'd have to play a doubleheader on Saturday. And then play again on Sunday. So, if you want to win the tournament, don't lose. Play Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Take care of business. Make it out of Bricktown victorious, unlike previous seasons where Texas Tech has struggled and made an early exit. Yeah, one one thing I don't look forward to on this is on this bracket it lists the TV channel for all the games, and it's Fox College Sports, which I don't have. So every single game is on Fox College Sports, except for the championship game, which is on Fox Sports Net. So um, I guess I'll just have to rely on Twitter and radio broadcasts and everything up until that point. And um, that, oh, that kind of this kind of leads me into a completely different segue. I'm getting my wisdom teeth out on Friday. That sucks. <laughs> so, um, and um, it's the sedation deal and all that. So that's going on Friday afternoon. So at, starting at about Allison, two o'clock. Tell her to film you when she drives you home. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how that how that'll go. Uh, she because she worked at actually this dentist office for a couple of years. So I think she's probably seen all sorts of different reactions. She said one of the one of the most interesting one she saw was uh, someone came out and was just adamant that they never took the teeth out. <laughs> like they came out of the sedative and they're like, "Guys, y'all didn't even. Y'all, this is just a scam. I still y'all have are these just teeth. out here. Yeah, these teeth are in here, man. Y'all don't even take them out or nothing. I think that was one of the ones that she mentioned. I, I wish I I, sh- I should have asked her again before we started recording because she had a couple other good stories. But she's like, I don't think you're. I don't. I think you're just gonna be tired and. And go home and go to sleep. And I, I said, "Well, I hope so." She's she's had um, there was someone who went home. I remember this one now, and they just wouldn't lay down. You know, you're supposed to go home and just kind of lay down, and but they just kept doing chores, like taking the trash out and probably really clumsily and just not like no no no. You're just supposed to rest. You're supposed to. Oh, I gotta take out the trash though. <laughs> No, 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 just rest. I was well, like, okay, so the, maybe I could see that. The, the loopiness and the sedation wears off, um, you know, within an hour or so. Okay. But if if so, hopefully if you're awake on the drive home, like you're not going to remember it. Like, no, probably it'll, not. It'll still be heavy enough that you will, like if you've seen those videos of like teenagers that have their wisdom teeth out and their parents are filming them, crying yeah. hysterically, making up stuff. Like that could be you, and you will have no memory of it because part of anesthesia. This is the, the scary part. Having worked in surgery, I know this. Talking to anesthesiologists, 
one of the drugs they give you is one that blocks somehow blocks your brain from creating memories for that time where you're under the drug in case the other drugs fail and you are being like you're in excruciating pain like this is like their backup to where you won't remember this and you won't be scarred from it <laughs> but it's but you still experienced it yeah so like you experienced it live you, but you just won't remember well yeah so like the the other drugs you know are to, to put you into basically a paralysis which is why you need a breathing tube for most most um anesthesia because the paralysis basically puts everything uh, including your diaphragm under so you need help breathing um takes away your muscle reaction so like if they hit a nerve or some kind of um pressure point whatever that you you won't react to it you won't move and then this other drug you know so you you don't feel pain you don't move um and then you don't remember in case the other two don't work <laughs> okay. which is like the weird part like well oh my gosh how like it's one of those like weird things where you see like a, a sign that seems out of place you're like you know they did this because something happened <laughs> yeah no uh don't don't jog on the bridge or something like, huh i wonder or like on a why am i supposed a, to do that i met your mother no boogie boarding like on the stairs to the bar like what are they talking about? like why would you be boogie boarding <laughs> at a bar in new york yeah so have you had have you had yours out? I had mine out you when still I was, have your when wisdom? I was Yeah, I've I've had mine probably at least since then. So yes, Samantha was, still has we're hers. getting close to my uncle yeah. that we like, we actually just visited my uncle in, in Nashville, Tennessee, where this conference was, had just had his out, and he's in his fifties, maybe early sixties, no, late fifties. Yeah, and he just had his out. So people do get them out late. I, I guess I just had them out real early because I when I had braces, my parents were like. Your wisdom teeth will not mess up your braces, and all all that work we just did with your orthodontics, <laughs> right? Um, and then for my my church service, they actually required me to not have wisdom teeth. They're like, we're not gonna like for this to come up. Like, we don't want this to come up while you're supposed to be on this trip. So you will need to have them out. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. I want to have them out anyways. So I was 18. I think the biggest thing though is not drinking from a straw for like the first month. I know because you you forget how often you do that. Um, for me, it won't affect you that much. I was reading the material on it. They also recommend no alcohol for like six days afterwards. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it that long. So again, the weird thing with the straw is because they don't want you putting pressure the blood on clotting. it on on these uh, on your gums where they have pulled the teeth mm-hmm. because it could pull out like your like the clot. Yeah. It would call like cause yeah. it to to like basically dry rot in your mouth. Like, yes, ugh. that freaks me the heck out because that that's what that's one of the things I'm worried about most is just screwing up the recovery. Which is funny because like that you can I eat do just something fine. personally. Yeah, I mean I'm sure I'll be I'm sure I will be fine and I follow directions, but you just can't use it. I just especially on those type of things. But I could see me. I don't even. I probably use a straw more than I think, but I really don't think I use a straw that much. But I could see me on day two or three just mindlessly using a straw or and then just ruining stuff. So I'm not looking forward to it at all. The, the reason they're pulling them out is because 
Well, I had something flare up, like with the gums back there a few years ago, and they suggested we take them out then, and I just put it off. I, it went it went away, and I ignored <laughs> it. So that that was one thing, one strike against me. Then the other thing was um, when I went to the dentist a, f- a few weeks ago, he noticed I was starting to get cavities in the bottom wisdom teeth, and he was like, "Just." Is there any reason why you don't want to take them out? I'm like, well, no. I don't want oral well, let's surgery. Let's get them taken out. That's why. <laughs> yeah, and then he looked on my thing and was like, well, it looks like you were going to have them out a few years ago. When we, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> nope, totally didn't forget. So, anyway, that was, that was completely uh, off topic, but that means I'm going to miss the tournament. But I couldn't watch it anyway because yeah. FCS, I'll miss some of it. Hopefully we'll still be playing and I'll miss it. I'd rather I'd rather that be the case. Yeah. So by the time we come back, we'll know the the result of the conference tournament. We'll know regional seeding and hosts. Texas Tech should be a regional host. I think they've they've yes. played their way back into that. They're pretty comfortable in that position. We should know who's coming and when all that starts next time we hit record. Um, and then we'll just you know need to win three games in a regional to be talking about a super regional. I'm so I'm I'm still I, I need to figure this out. So we have those season tickets from the office from our, our office season tickets that we we both use this year. Yeah. I wonder if like for the regional and or super regional if we if being a season ticket holder means we have like first dibs on buying tickets or we get tickets for those seats. I I think it's isn't the the way football games go the, like a bowl game? Don't the season ticket holders get dibs first? But which but that but makes that sense makes for sense. like a road game. Like you don't have a like a similar yeah, seating. It's a, yeah. You can't just equally say all right, all these ticket holders will sit here and no one will complain. Whereas if you're hosting it, then I don't see why you wouldn't be able or or at least just first chance at. I, I could see them making it to where you have to agree to to have mm-hmm. them. Which we would, or you release them, yeah. And I would, I would probably if, take if, off those days. Like you can and... have these same seats for X amount extra than what you'd normally pay for a game, or we'll release them and they probably sell them for like twice as much or something. So, if we get regional tickets through these season tickets, you better believe I'm going to go. Um, you'll be first on my list, Michael, to be good. We'll probably run into the bar since he's he's a student. He'll or was a student. Ooh. I wonder how that's going to work. I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> like, if, if he'll still be able to, to access these. What, you know, students still have to reserve them. Um, they'll have to go and, like, stand in line for them. Should have graduated in August, yeah. bro. Graduate. Take take that one random summer two class <laughs> that you Extend your degree need. out. Like, two more terms, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's, let's wrap this thing up and talk about the yard work. <laughs> okay. How's it going? How's it going? You were picking weeds before weeds we even started. Like I, up until now, it's been like I'll, I'll go out there and just you know spend two or three minutes pulling weeds, whatever I can reach. Um, and I noticed before we left for Nashville, we were getting kind of like a blanket coverage of ragweed. I was like, no, this is awful. Uh. I come back and it's like it's taken over this one portion of my yard. Is like, oh, this sucks. So I spent. Samantha did the majority of it while I was making dinner tonight and then we switched after I we ate and I went out there and worked for about an hour. I got the majority of the, the ragweed up from the front yard. This is not a very big section of the yard. 
maybe 800 square feet. I didn't get all of it. The biggest problem I was having is where it's the thickest. It's also where like some of the most young growth of grass is coming in. So like I can't separate the weed from the grass. And if I pull the, the weed, I'm pulling up grass by the roots. I'm like, I'm going to come yeah. back to this a little bit later. I'm going to let the grass kind of establish a little bit better. I'm going to keep pulling at the weeds, you know, and to keep them in check as much as I can. But was also very wary of pulling weeds and at least leaving a big bare spot because I pulled up all the grass too. I wanted to ask you if you had any hail damage. We actually didn't get any hail at the house. That's great. Because people ask me too, and I, I know that y- y'all, live, y'all live pretty much due south mm-hmm. of of us and we're at 138th and we, university yeah and we're at a 102nd and so you're just directly due south and people ask me at work they got pounded you know they they live uh west uh i know one of my coworkers lives like west of 114th and uh no not not that far back west of like 104th and quaker but anyway they got pounded, pounded, roofs are totaled, you know, they, he was talking, he actually used the term cue ball size hail, which I'd never heard before, but it makes, it's such a, it's, it's better than baseball because it's probably accurately describes the weight. Yeah. Like you can visit, you can see a cue ball falling and hitting your roof and going, yeah, that's good. That's going to do some damage. A baseball, you're kind of, ah, oh, you know, it's a baseball, but a uh, cue ball is probably more accurate. Um, anyway, so I'm just north of you, and we lucked out. We really didn't. We got a lot of hail, but it was pretty small. And I didn't know if it if it hit y'all or not, because I feel like where we were, we were kind of lucky. Well, okay, so let me say, I don't know if we got any hail. We we flew back yeah, into Lubbock weren't there. late Saturday night. We landed about 11, right as that set up when I heard the second wave had just kind of rolled through. That's about right. Um, the So my, my truck was parked outside, no hail damage on the truck. My car was parked outside of the airport. No, no hail damage of the car there. My brother-in-law that works for an insurance company, he's a, like an adjuster. He does all these inspections and goes on the road for all these storms. He got up on our roof on Sunday, said, you don't have any hail damage up here. I was like, great. Sweet. We it missed us by like a mile because my manager, who lives like 134th in Memphis, said his truck was just, it wasn't like destroyed or totaled, but like looks like a golf ball. Yeah, I, I mean, my my boss, I'm, I'm unsure where he lives, actually, but he had damage on all their vehicles. Uh, I mean, it. we were just, we just lucked out. And, that, and y'all listening, y'all know how that goes with any sort of hailstorm. Someone could be six blocks away, and they have to replace all the glass on their car, and then, you know, you're fine. Or you saw, like, two or three golf ball-sized chunks fall. And we, we did. We saw some golf ball. But not much, really not much. Just enough to kind of go, ooh, that one's big. We were just watching it. So it wasn't bad enough because my wife and I were just, we had just put our daughter to bed and we were more worried about her waking up than the hail. Yeah. So that was kind of a good sign. Hey, so I forgot to tell you, my coworker, not my boss, my coworker is actually building in your neighborhood. It's like 103rd and X, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, the, you know what's weird down there is, Avenue X intersects with Avenue V. <laughs> Makes no sense. 
Yeah. So he he and his fiance they're going to be married in like the first weekend of August. I think they close in their house like middle to end of August. Man, well, you should tell them to have like a housewarming party and invite us. Yeah, we'll just go crash. He actually has listened to the podcast. I don't know if he still listens. He probably got bored. And he was. I know early on he well, was he waiting it for was us good. to he mention him. He thought this him. was going to be about going yard, so he, he probably tuned out. But now that it's about well, like like I, I think he's tuned out. Like he stopped listening to the episode. It's not this far into the episode. Oh, okay. He would always get on to me for not ever talking about him or mentioning him. Here it is, an hour and six minutes into episode 19. We're talking about my coworker. We did it. J.H.G. Those are his initials. I don't know if he wants me to get out his name on the, the podcast and all that. We have a huge listener base, but he knows who he is. Getting married. Congrats. We'll be at, we'll be at the wedding. Building a beautiful Ventura home. Kind of jealous. Well, good deal, man. Yeah, y'all should... We should really try to hook up with them because we don't know our we we know our next door neighbors pretty well, uh, but that's really it. You know, we we've met some of our neighbors around us, but speaking uh, of knowing neighbors, we only we only know one or two couples around us. You know, well enough to where we could ask for help with something if we had yeah. to. Well, so we have one neighbor that, that comes over all the time and asks us for help. Um, other neighbor, other side. He owns the house, but his son and daughter-in-law live in it, which I was like, well, that would be nice. My parents bought the house for me. He actually, from what he said, one day, I, we, we talked for a little bit, one Saturday morning, said that he used to be like the um, turf management for some big golf courses. Oh. So like he knew all about growing grass. Man, you just you just happened to move yeah. into well. So he he doesn't live in the house. He just he was visiting. Like I think they were his daughter and son in law, whatever son and daughter in law, whoever it is, was on vacation. He was kind of house sitting and watching his granddaughter for them while they were doing while they were being away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one morning I was out there, you know, peddling around in, in my dirt patch, and he was came over and introduced himself, and we're talking about uh, the sprinklers and growing grass speaking of I will be breaking out to the new mower for the first time on this yard this week I was waiting for, oh. you sure you sure it's not too soon well no there there are some so last week before we left for Nashville I got out the weed eater and hit a couple spots in the yard because it was getting well I thought it was like four four and a half inches I measured it with a, a measuring tape some of it was getting up over eight I was like all right, we need to knock some of this down a little bit. <laughs> you you uh, you were out in your yard with a measuring tape measuring grass. You better grass. believe it, man. I'm 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 gonna be like measuring, making sure it's growing the right height. We're gonna cut it four in, four inches. Not gonna let it grow over six inches before I mow it again. Good gosh. Um. So it, it was getting up to eight inches. I was like, well, there are spots in my yard too young, too little to hit with a mower, and it was. It was uneven, so I, I went out there with the weed eater, hit it. Looks awful because the weed eater didn't cut the grass very well; it tore it. So the very oh, that top man. edge, that you know, the grass where it was ragged, dried out and browned a little bit. So like, there's a little bit of a brown cast a part of my yard because I used a weed eater on it and not a sharp mower blade. So 
you gotta gotta get that string spinning. My my brother-in-law that has been kind of coaching me through this process said you're probably about ready to hit it with your first mow to help start stimulating some some root development and to get the fescue to actually start to clump instead of just grow the singular um, blade. And I just admire your patience. That's just I know. A lot okay, of, so this uh, is it's a lot of work. May twenty second. We planted this almost two months ago. It was Good Friday was the first time we put seed down. Neighbor across the street that seeded his yard at the same time still has dirt. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that sucks. <laughs> well, maybe, um, did he seed it on Good Friday? Yeah, he seeded it before I did. Now, he seeded Bermuda, which would, he seeded a little early for Bermuda. It needed to be a little warmer. Um, I'm just trying to think of the implications of how Good Friday and its significance helped or hurt your yard versus, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe East, maybe planning it on Easter would have been more symbolic. Well, if we're going for like the actual <laughs> symbolism, I put the seed in the dirt. You put it in the, <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> Man, we're going to get struck we by lightning if so we're not sorry. careful. We but that was, end. yeah, <laughs> I, I do. That's better. That's better. You have a, you have a better explanation than I do. Anyways. Going yard. I'm gonna hit it with the mower the first time. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous because there is there are some spots that on like the third seeding attempt they are growing in, so they're like you know inch tall. I'm gonna actually avoid those areas. I'm not gonna run over that with the mower. It's gonna be tough because you're gonna have to uh, take into account like um, you're gonna have one wheel on grass and one wheel on dirt. For a lot well, of it. So, so luckily, you'll have to kind of mow at an angle, and I mean, once you hop on the dirt and hop off, it's gonna kind of, it might kind of scalp it. You may, you might mow it about as tall as you can. No, I, I, I definitely run. have the wheel set all the way to the top, which we're gonna be, they're gonna be all the way gonna stay that way anyways, because that's about the blade yeah, of should be about four inches off the ground, which is where I, I would actually want yeah. it to be a little higher once we're actually going, but four inches like minimum height. Um. But actually on the edges where they're like the new grass is coming in, it actually isn't very tall. So I'm actually not going to like go over the edge. I'm going okay, to like okay. leave, you know, a few inches as like a, a border and mainly hit Man, the middle. That's a complicated, it's a, some complicated mowing. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. So this, I'm hoping, I'm like actually really excited to do this. I'm hoping to get out there on Thursday when we, when I was originally thinking about doing this. I looked at the forecast. It was supposed to rain Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I was like, I'll let it rain Wednesday, dry out, hit it with the mower on Thursday. And, of course, with our, our West Texas weather and our, our good luck, it has not rained since Saturday. So I guess I could have gotten out there today and done it, but I had this to do. Well, supposedly there's there's there are going to be storms tonight, and but I haven't seen any yet, so we'll see. But if it rains tonight, it should still have plenty of time to dry enough by Thursday evening for me to mow it. Yeah, I, I'm checking the forecast right now. This is, you know, I'm I'm a farmer's son, so I'm always in tune to that too. See, I, I don't have. You're it. looking good, man. Friday, uh, Thursday high of 90, 20 percent chance of rain. Where are you seeing this? Because my I, weather app you, says nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm on weather.com. So I I think I think your plan's good. You're set. So. As long as it doesn't change. Yeah, actually, since Saturday, my sprinklers have been off. Which I don't know if it's a good or a bad Ooh. thing. 
because when I when we got such heavy rain on Saturday, I turned them off. I was like, I'm not going to water this because it's just it's saturated. And I don't know if it just it's dried out enough to where it's like I, I hand watered a little bit tonight after I was done uh, pulling weeds, and it was like immediately pooling and running off. I was like, oh no, I've got the clay like the hard clay shell again. I have to deal with that. Good old rake. I have to hit it with the garden weasel. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would take forever. <laughs> well, found that it's better than the rake because the rake, you have to like punch it into the dirt and then drag it. it... Also, the concern again is the new grass that's growing in. Probably couldn't withstand me hitting it with the garden weasel. So I'm like, yeah, you I'm be like in a tough spot. Because I, I didn't want to keep watering yeah. it when it just had received like an inch and a half of rain. Because you know I'm scared of that. I'm scared of this upcoming water bill because we basically doubled our watering since the last one. It ran for two yeah, weeks. This is gonna be a, a good solid one. two weeks, and it hasn't run since Saturday. So four days now it hasn't run. Probably turn it back on Thursday, so Friday morning. Assuming we're done with the rain. You know, so yeah, and you got to mow and everything. Anyways, I think we'll cut it there. We'll go into our <laughs> listener questions, um, which you'll hear in our next episode. We'll be talking about the vet school. This is a question we got two weeks ago, but it came in I think a little after we had we'd started or afterwards. Um, there was an interesting conversation this week, a couple of days ago, about sausage wraps. We'll definitely have to address that counterproductive gave us some questions a lot of it has to do with baseball but i'm gonna we'll, we'll just we'll get into that um in the mailbag uh also asked about zaire smith most catches on the football team chris beard having a cape and then mule horn talking about some hot dogs and acceptable behaviors with hot dogs so be sure to catch that on our, our mailbag edition which will which will come out in the next day for michael i'm spencer thanks for listening have you ever wondered how to say good morning in italian or what is goodbye in french you can ask alexa just say what is happy birthday in german or how do you say hello in japanese Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.